Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. About 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the morning, I'll have some things that won't spike my blood sugar right so I I have coffee but I really like soup for lunch Um, I have bone broth for lunch a lot of the days try to do one hour of movement so I'll either take a walk or I'll do Pilates or I'll do my Tracy Anderson and then I get in the sauna I dry brush and I get in the sauna so I do my infrared sauna for 30 minutes and then for dinner I try to eat you know according to paleo so lots of vegetables it's really to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture roundup and part two of our Real Housewives of Miami reunion recap. It's, listen, you guys, I'm coming before you a little bit like um, a child who has a book report due, the presentation, and uh, there's not much here. So you'll have to apologize. Here's the... Um, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the dark side, <laughs> if you will, of, of having a podcast episode that is reliant upon, um, current events being messy and, you know, messy enough to talk about. Um, you know, sometimes the week is a little bit dry and this week I think it was a little bit dry. So you'll just have to bear with me. Um, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm going to start with our, can I get a hell yeah for the week is going to none other than Lucas Gage and his new boyfriend. Now, if you guys know Lucas Gage, if you don't know him, 
he went viral, gosh, maybe like two years ago. This is definitely during the pandemic where he was doing a Zoom audition with a director or something. And the director didn't know that he was not muted. So he's talking about Lucas's background like, oh, this guy in the shitty apartment, right? Lucas hears him and he's very graceful. And it's like, yeah, you know, my apartment's not that great. Like he took it on the chin and it was just in- incredible. Um and since then, I feel like karma has really been working in his favor. He's been on White Lotus. He's on this season of You. Like, he's he's been working, right? And he got himself a hot piece of candy, okay? So Chris Appleton, who uh, is Kim and the Kardashians, one of their top hairstylists, uh, he is the one who, uh, you know, helped... Kim get blonde for the Met Gala, you know, the famous, famous for that. But mostly this man is fucking hot. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous. I think he's Australian or British. <laughs> Pretty sure he's Australian. Nope, he's British. Um, okay, that, that was on me. Ugly American. Um, and he's so hot. And yeah, it had been rumored that they had been dating. And he went on the Drew Barrymore show saying that he's very much in love. And they're happy. And they're hot together. So hell yeah to the both of you. And hell yeah to Lucas. Because listen, I don't know how to say this in the right way. But, you know, because I respect people and where they're at. That being said... Chris Appleton is one of those people that I will hit on you. And I don't care that you never want me at all. I'm going to try. I'm going to shoot my shot. (laughs) Another hell yeah for the week is going to go to, surprisingly, none other than Joe and Melissa Gorga. It has been announced that bullying works, y'all. Bullying absolutely works. Don't let anybody stop you from bullying the right people. Um... The alarms have been sounded and the Gorgas have finally gotten the message that they need to change the facade of this new house because it looks the fuck stupid. It looked like a bad Sims build. It looked like, you know, baby's first CAD design. It was bad. The the misaligned windows, the, I don't even know what you call these things. I'm going to call them pillars. They're not pillars, but like, you know, the, the, the little pointy parts at the roof, there were about 17 of them on their, in their facade of their house. And it seems like we've gotten down to just one. I'm very excited about that. Moving on to uh, some fashion news. Uh, Law Roach, who's a, probably the top stylist of our time currently, like, He's really that bitch, okay? He styles uh, Celine Dion, Anne Hathaway, Zendaya, several of the girls, okay? He's doing it. He's been doing it for a while now. Um, He announced via Instagram that he was going to be retiring. Now, this was caused a lot of chaos and confusion. First of all, this was right off uh, the Oscars in which he styled several people. And also there's a video that had been uh, going around in which uh, he and Zendaya were going to the Louis Vuitton fashion show. They get up to their seats. Zendaya sits down front row. 
and they're trying to figure out where Law's seat is. She points behind her like, oh, maybe you're second row. And he just kind of stands there. And so people thought like, oh, maybe he had a whole like hissy fit at, you know, not be having a seat at this Louis Vuitton show. And he was just like, oh, being a big baby and quitting. However, that's not the case. He did an interview with The Cut and said, listen, first of all, y'all, my relationship with Zendaya is perfectly fine. We're great. We're besties. We're an institution, okay? We're Karen and Ray Huger fashion. You cannot divide us. Not going to happen. But he explains the video by saying that, first of all, they were late to this show. Or they were not late. They they left on time. Traffic happened. And it was in this complex building that took, like, a while to navigate. So the stress was already high because Zendaya consummate professional doesn't like to be late doesn't like to make people wait so it's already a stressful situation so when they get there to the row Zendaya sits down and they're like oh when she points to the second row seat what she's saying is not that seat is for you sit back there she's saying oh that seat is for my assistant Darnell so what Law was confused about was why he didn't have a seat at all. And he's also trying to explain, you know, the fashion behind the scenes of it all, which is that um, Zendaya was the face of Valentino for a couple of years, I think, until like the end of last year, earlier this year, right? And she was the only face. And so when they would go to these Valentino shows, they would be like sitting next to each other, you know, like n- giving each other elbow, like, hey, let's pull this look for, you know, whatever event, right? So he's thinking, oh, it's going to be, same business business as usual over at the Louis Vuitton show and he also says this has nothing to do with like any beef that I have with Louis we're fine I'm fine with the head of it she gave me this purse like we were kikiing I went to the after party it wasn't like I was just like a diva and left The law does say that he is quitting styling. He also tweeted his, uh, I think he called his final five, which are his last five looks that he styled for the uh, Oscars, including Megan Thee Stallion and um, a few other people, um, Haley Steinfeld, uh, which go go and look back at that look at the Vanity Fair party because people were like, oh, I didn't really like that look. She ate. Haley Steinfeld ate that with the coat. We rarely see coats on the red carpet eight okay and i won't hear anything of it but anyway um law does say that his relationship with zendaya is not over he's not going to be styling her it sounds like but he might be a creative director in some capacity and guiding whoever styler styles her in the future now many of you guys might say who gives a shit and you know what fair but i do the other thing that like stresses me out is that the met gala as you guys know which is my christmas my 4th of July, um, is what, six weeks away? And this is not good. If he's not styling like half of the girls there, who is going to be styling them? This is not good. This is not good. Whoever fucked Law over, they're really going to be, um, ooh, eating it, eating it. Um, the Met Gala theme for this year, by the way, is Karl Lagerfeld. It's going to be an ode to Karl Lagerfeld. And I'm telling you, I know that there have been rumors about the Kardashians not getting invited. I don't think that's necessarily true, but, you know, time will tell. Um, I think, though, that a way that they can really turn the court of public opinion, because let's be real, my prediction was absolutely correct Last year was the beginning of a real flop era for the Kardashians, and we are seeing it. Um, the only 
thing. I think this is like a big moment for them, the Met Gala. I imagine this will probably come in conjunction with season three announcement on Hulu. Um, but with that being said, they really got to turn it around. Fashion is kind of the only way that they can do that, I think. But we got to see new looks. Like, I want to see them debut a new era for all of them. And I think this is, see, this, I shouldn't give these ideas away for free. I should not be giving these ideas away for free. But all of them, every single one should, like, be like, this is my entry into my new fashion season. You know, Kim's been trying to figure it out post-Kanye. Kylie's been trying to figure out where she is post-baby. You know, Courtney. Trying to figure out her stake as queen of the horny, right? Like, you know, Chloe's Chloe's still pretending like she's not fucking Tristan, even though the streets have been saying that they have been back together for months. So does she need to be included? I don't know. But like, ultimately, I would like to see Kim, not Kim, excuse me, Chris dress full Lagerfeld or, hear me out, have all of them dress like Lagerfeld lookalikes white wig with the low ponytail, the fingerless gloves, the constructed suits. And like, you know, Kris Jenner is good for a black suit anyway. She probably has 15 of these outfits in her closet to begin with. That's old hat for her. So, and yeah, if anybody in the Kardashians hear me, get me on the horn and I'll tell you guys what to do to to get this back. Okay. I'm going to help you out. Not that you deserve it. And I will be very expensive. So make no mistake. Do not contact me if you're not going to be giving me top dollar. Whatever you're going to pitch to me, I'm doubling it. So just be clear about that. But I will help. Secretly. Secretly. Anyway, moving on. Um, Donald Trump thinks that he's going to get arrested tomorrow, Tuesday. He, he just literally announced it out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, listen... Great if it happens. I'm going to turn my TV on. I might, you know, buy a roller skate and cruise down Fifth Avenue. I don't know. But I don't understand where, I mean, I do understand where this is coming from. Basically, they're in the, New York is in the midst of like possibly indicting him for a a scheme but Todd said no. A scheme um, involving paying off Stormy Daniels in hush money, right? So they're in the midst of trying to decide whether or not they actually want to indict him. And so he decided to just like get ahead of the story and say, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. We'll see. We'll see. I'm putting this in the podcast. You know, I don't usually talk about politics stuff, but I want to put it in there just in case. If there's a possibility. But listen. We know this is not going to happen, and that's disappointing. Anyway, moving on. By now, you guys have heard that Juan Dixon has officially been released from the Coppin State men's basketball team coaching. Um, and mm, I I think this is another thing that I'm going to have to put in here for, uh, put a pin in it for later, right? Because while everything that has come out has really pointed towards Juan's horrible uh, streak. What do you call it? Like his wins and losses were something like 51 to 131, something like that. The track record, not great. Doesn't sound great to me. 
So Giselle actually spoke out about this and says, you know, the coaching world is tough and Juan was in a tough position and this team had a losing season. And it basically like she thinks that a team or a, you know, a, an organization will only think a coach is as good as his last season. So they think that all of this is basically because Juan is not a good coach, which is embarrassing in itself. But I've been hearing rumbles that the uh, lawsuit that he's involved in, which I did my research, I will say Coffin State declined to comment on this ongoing investigation with the lawsuit. However, um, you know, I'm issuing a little bit of a side eye to the fact that the other coach that was involved in the scandal also got fired. Um, so again, I will tell you guys that uh, Juan is being accused of um, basically failing as a mandated reporter. He had a, a team player who um, was being uh, blackmailed and forced to engage in sexual acts and send sexual materials um, to somebody who was like threatening them, who ended up being a catfish person who was on the team and this victim tells Juan and he's basically just like yeah that man seems really crazy didn't do anything didn't say anything blah 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 Robin gets on that reunion stage saying I can't get into it but they basically are using Juan as clickbait for this lawsuit and um you know I know for a fact that Juan would have treated or Juan did treat this kid the same way um, or as well as I would have expected my sons to be treated if they were in that situation. So I don't know. The streets are saying that it had more to do with that lawsuit and that investigation than his uh, losing streak. But I mean, either way, both of them are embarrassing. Maybe one is just morally corrupt, more morally corrupt than the other. But we'll see. Watch the space. Giselle also did say, I know you guys have been wondering. They're currently filming Winter House. Jason is there. Um, the girls from Below Deck, Malia and Riley are there, which you guys, I don't really watch Below Deck. I tried. I, I tried with Sailing Yacht and I did like it. I watched like two seasons of that. I've watched one episode, one season with Captain Lee. I've never seen a Captain Sandy season. And I think from what I hear, that might be for the best. <laughs> she seems... Interesting. But uh, yeah, so I think Riley and Malia from Below Decker on Winter House, there is a smoke show of a man who looks not unlike Tarzan. He's a newbie. Um, but Jason will also be there. But my say all this to say, they asked Giselle if she was going to join the Winter House and she said no. She said that she and Jason are still very much together. They don't have a label for what they are, but they make time to see each other all the time. But she doesn't want to go to Winter House because what she has seen of the uh, house is very dirty. And she doesn't want that. And last and certainly least, we have to talk about Gwyneth. Gwyneth went on a podcast to say, uh, to give insight into her diet. And she said that she does intermittent fasting and that she will break the fast around noon. Um, she will try to, before that, have non-inflammatory things like coffee. And then noon, she'll break her fast with soup. Now, you would say, that doesn't really sound that weird to me, Kara. But no, what she called soup was actually just bone broth, which is not soup, just broth. So by noon, everything that Gwyneth Paltrow has consumed has just been coffee and bone broth. 
And then she says that for dinner, she'll just have some vegetables. So it doesn't sound like she actually chews anything until the nighttime, which is concerning. Now, of course, this like made the waves. A lot of people were talking about their perspective, how potentially dangerous this is to put that information out there, how she's promoting disordered eating, etc. Um, Truth be told, I never understood Gwyneth. Like, I understand that she is supposed to be goals to some people on some level for reasons, again, I'm not quite sure of. Is it that she's rich and thin? I mean, I think that's really the rub for most people who are, like, really big fans of hers. Um, But here's my thing. Like... She's like an untouchable. And this is why I don't understand her. Like, I can make sense of, you know, now that this Scandaval stuff is happening, there's been a real resurgence of like, oh, pro-Stasi. Oh my God, pro-Kristen. And I, I get that more. I understand why the cult of Stasi happened. Hear me out. Stasi is like... And almost like it's so close, but far away, right? Like Stasi's just a little too pretty to be relatable, but she's still like normal looking. Like she could still be any girl that you went, that you grew up with, right? Like there's a relatability to her in the sense that, um, you know, she came from a normal quote unquote background. She was like, you know, upper middle class. Like Stassi is somebody who like you look, you can look at the average girl can look at and want her life and not feel bad about because it's not so out of reach. Like, Oh my God, he, she found a bow, like any bow. You can find 75 bows, you know, but like, he's cute. Oh, this is the guy that I want. Like, Oh look, he's cute. And they had a baby and it was also great. Like, you know, she, I get why people like her, but with Gwyneth, there's nothing about her that's relatable. Like your parent isn't, your mom is not Blythe Danner, you know, like your daddy's not an actor. Your dad, your, your parents were like Hollywood royalty themselves. And then ushered you into this life of just like, impossible thinness and natural blondness like that's just not the life and so when people go on to goop to buy like a 5,000 fucking jade egg to put up your vagina I'm like what are we doing here I get why people would buy next level basic because they think that they can be that you'll never be saucy here's the thing but you think that you can be and that's why it works most people don't think that they can be Gwyneth, but they can try to emulate some of that through whatever bullshit she sells from Coop. So honestly, I'm like pretty surprised that Gwyneth was able to sustain this brand. It's actually pretty impressive. With that being said, I, I just don't get her. I just don't get her. And I do think this is also ultimately pretty harmful. But she came out and said, hey, this wasn't like advice for anybody. I've been working with doctors and, you know, I've just been working on what works best for me. But also, you know, I have my days, you know, the typical, I have my days when I eat everything and I eat French fries or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's always a French fry, you know? I I eat french fries just like you normal girls. You see? (laughs) Oh, by the way, shout out to Tess Holiday who said that she was at an event with Gwyneth and, and, you know, all those types of girls. And that Gwyneth's table, like it was a sit down dinner 
event, right? And they all got their food from whatever the menu was. But then Gwyneth announced, oh, us girls are going to be eating something different. And so they carted out like cauliflower crust pizzas for them. No cheese. It just like veggies on top. So it wasn't more, it wasn't really like, I don't give a fuck about the cauliflower crust. It was the fact that like, you're so, uh, you know, militant in your eating that you can't even deviate from an event, but you're saying, okay, I eat French fries, whatever. Okay. But anyway, who to come to her defense? And this is our, oh God, girl of the week. Yet again, goes to Bethany Frankel. (laughs) You would think that the woman who spent the entire summer going after every single Kardashian for reasons that were stupid. Imagine the treasure trove of, of things that we could judge and critique the Kardashians for. And she couldn't even find one of those. It was stupid. And then she spends every Three minutes critiquing anything that Meghan Markle does, says, breathes, laughs, smiles, cries. Everything is up for dissection. But suddenly, we need to leave Gwyneth Paltrow alone. Let me walk you through this. She's in this video holding a carton of ice cream. Hasn't been touched you know, freshly open and she's just holding it like, oh, you guys just caught me in the middle of me making my afternoon scoop of ice cream. But I just had to let this out on my spirit. So she's blah, blah, blah. You know, we need to leave her alone. Her thing is not that this disordered eating is not true. It's not that it's not disordered eating. It's that we need to leave Gwyneth alone because she's not marketing to tweens. Like, Bryn doesn't care about Gwyneth Paltrow and the fucked up things that she says. So we just need to leave her alone because Gwyneth's uh, demographic is really older people. You know, it's, it's older people. And I think, you know, we've all known this shtick for years. We, we've known this about her. So just leave her alone. She honestly says, my daughter Bryn doesn't know who Gwyneth Paltrow is. It's not for 18-year-olds. I think it's for moms. But we all know her shtick, and she's been we've been hearing it for years. And then she goes, I would say that Gwyneth Paltrow can't win for losing, but her brand's doing pretty fucking well. Now, you could easily say this about Meghan Markle, the person you spent so many hours of... You just pacing back and forth in your bathroom with a dirty robe on, talking about what... Megan did that bothered you today. I cannot believe that you, the like girl, do you not see this? You know that we see this, right? Like we see how lame it is that you skinny girl brand creator would be taking up out of all of the women for Gwyneth Paltrow. Girl, come on. I want to end this by playing a game that I've seen been going around first with uh, Victorian children and now with Gwyneth Paltrow, which is um, what things in this life that I think would just murder her. So I just came up with a short list. Um, You just tell me what you think. I think uh, just being in the presence of Angela from 90 Day Fiance would be really rough for her. Um, A confetti cake flavored uh, Pop-Tarts bites, I think would be difficult. Um... Getting hit, you know when you jump rope and then like sometimes you miss it and then it hits you in the back of the leg or the ankle? Like I think that would really take her out. Um, 
Uh, season three of Vanderpump Rules, I think would be very difficult. And my last one is an Arnold Palmer. I just think the mixture of lemonade and tea would just be overwhelming. Shock, really shock her system. So those were my entries. Tell me how you feel. Oh, tater tots? Tater tots, for sure. And actually, I just want to add out a petty note because I still really don't know what to make... I don't know how to make sense of this, but I thought it was both funny and confusing. So Katie Maloney of Vanderpump Rules, by the way, Christina Kelly had her son, his name is River. No, congrats to her. Um, Katie went on a tear on Joe. So Joe is the chick that um, Schwartz said is living with him currently at his apartment, right? On the show. So... (laughs) I believe Kristen went on that Nick Vile podcast to say that she theorized that Joe and Schwartz actually dating, which led people to think or wonder if maybe uh, Joe and Schwartz were going on double dates with Raquel and uh, Crustache Sandoval and like kind of keeping things cute or whatever. So Katie Maloney enters the chat and she goes, Joe is spooky. I mean, none of us could stand to be around her. (laughs) Then she says that the last time she spoke to Joe was almost a year ago after she and Schwartz announced their divorce. And she read the message. It says, Bieber loves you. I love you. And I'm so supporting of your inner thoughts and visions. Live in the moment. You're a gem. And I've always respected you. I love you. XO Joe. Then Katie says uh, uh, Joe's a psycho and she would light her on fire along with Raquel. Um, So (laughs) I don't know what activated her. Joe's spooky really took me down. That really took me down. And that text message is weird. Like, I'm so supporting of your inner thoughts and visions. Live in the moment. You're a gem. What? In response to me getting a divorce? I don't get it. So let me know, you guys, do we think that Joe and Shorts are fucking? I mean, he did say in that unseen footage that uh, he had a crush on her, um, but that they hadn't taken anything further. I mean, I don't, at this point, why hide it? You know, like, why even be elusive? The only reason for that would be if he was actually hiding um, stuff for Sandoval, which I think we all just assume at this point. I think we can all assume. But anyway, let's move on to the recap of part two of The Real Housewives of Miami. Okay, not like you. Putting people to sleep. Okay, let's get into this episode of Miami, part two of the reunion, in which Larsa is ready to play. I mean, LOL. L-O-L. So we actually start off where we left off last episode, part one, with Alexia telling Lisa, you know, if you believed that you were a star like I do, maybe you wouldn't have let Lenny do all those things that you did to you. <laughs> Lisa plays it very cool. And she's like, Alexia, you're wrong. And Alexia's like, no, but like, you know, don't try to stick up for anybody in the segment because the segment is about me. <laughs> Alexia is wild. But fortunately for her, Larsa really took the baton and ran with it. Um, Basically, Lisa tells Alexia that she has a tendency to like talk over people and not let them finish. And that's an issue. And Alexia does say one thing she regrets. And that is what she said about Julia. So the ladies take a break at that point, right? 
they're splitting um, glam rooms. So Nicole and Gertie are in their room and Nicole calls it perfectly. Alexia only apologized about the Julia comment about her, you know, being a Russian prostitute was because she made a sweeping statement about a people, a generalized statement about people. And she probably would have been canceled had she not apologized. And how she needed at least to apologize to Adriana for, I don't know, not scrolling down. But Gertie's like, yeah, yeah, that's never going to happen. She's she's not going to get it. So then we see Alexia going into Julia and Adriana's glam room. And she goes up to Julia and is like, you know, I just want to thank you for being so kind and warm and respect receptive because it really means a lot to me. I don't know if you guys caught this, but I felt like Julia was just really keeping it cute. Like she, in her mind, the body language that I was getting with Julia was that she's done with this woman, but she's just like, okay, fine, girl. You're saying thank you. You're welcome. Right. They hug and Julia tries to bring up not the Frankie situation again, but what happened in those moments, right? So we see um, unseen footage of Julia on the beach talking to uh, basically everybody but Adriana. And she's saying, you guys, listen, I've heard the way Adriana talks about you, Alexia and Marisol. You guys think that she's jealous of you, but she's not. The issue with Adriana is that you guys have unresolved issues from the past. So Alexia's like, no, 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 loca. I'm not doing that. That's crazy. You know what, Julia? I don't want to talk to you. Go over there because you're not a feminist. Stop turning this around into an LGBTQA community because I'm more that than you. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. I, what did that? What does that mean? What does that mean? Somebody on Twitter said that the A in LGBTQIA was for Alexia. <laughs> Maybe the IA. The IA is for Alexia. And that really cracked me up. What is she talking about? Is she talking about what? Being married to a gay man? is Because that's the only thing I think. And that doesn't make you more... What is Alexia ever talking about? I mean, that's the question. So then Alexia tells Julia that for years, she and Adriana have really not been that tight. Like, they've only been surface friends. Now, keep in mind, Adriana is sharing a glam room with Julia. So she's less than 10 feet away, getting her face beat, hearing all of this. So Alexia says you know, to Julia, Adriana is the one who told me that, um, you know, Herman was found dead in his lover's bed. And finally, Adriana goes, oh my God, you were saying that. So we see a flashback where Adriana tells Alexia back in 2021. Well, okay. So first Alexia says in that scene, 
I was married to a gay man and Herman took that secret to his grave. And Adriana says that somebody came up to her during Herman's funeral and told her that Herman actually died in bed having sex with another man, right? So Adriana then flips it on Alexia saying that Leah is disgusted by you. Leah Black is disgusted by you because, um, you know, you were the one who to out Herman on TV after he died. And Alexia goes, that's not outing him. That's not what I does. It didn't matter. That's just how you see it. You're jealous of me, Adriana. And that's why you attack me. So Adriana just keeps going, bye, girl. Bye, girl. Get out of my room, girl. Bye. And Alexia goes, well, this is Julia's room, too. I'm with Julia, so stay out of the conversation. So then she turns back to Julia and goes, see... This is what happens with us because she gets in the middle of us and like, you know, we need to be able to have a relationship without her, right? Julia's just like, okay. (laughs) So Julia tells Alexia, Alexia, yesterday I was at the radiology place all day with Martina and I was looking at the sick kids and Martina was supposed to be here at the reunion, but she couldn't because she was feeling the side effects. So maybe that's why I'm calm. And I'm just like looking for a resolution at some point in the future, because I think we all need to be a little bit kinder to each other. Like we don't have to be all peace and love, but I feel like we're at the point where we're all just grabbing each other by the throat and we got to like take it down a notch. And I'm, am I with her? Yeah. Yeah. That Frankie comment was so out of pocket. So out of pocket. But then they always say, you're not part of the LGBTQA, she didn't put the I in there, A community because I'm more, I'm dizzy, I'm dizzy. (laughs) For some reason, Alexia starts to cry after this and, you know, they just need to stop calling me a mean girl because I'm not. And I just keep having to defend myself over and over again. So Adrian calls up, those are crocodile tears, Alexia. (laughs) So then Alexia turns back around and be like, no, they're not. You think I'm fake like you? I'm emotional. You have a problem with that because you're narcissistic and you have no feelings. So Alexia goes, you're the devil and you have hate in your heart. And then she tries to hug Julia again and leave. <laughs> but she yells back at Adriana, you're the devil, bro. You want it to be blonde. I know it. You want it to be blonde and you're not. <laughs> what is she ever talking about? Alexia... Then goes into her room with Marisol and tells Marisol, I'm really going in on Adriana now. She needs to be medicated. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Girl. Girl. Kiki makes her entrance giving everything. Tall. Model. Hair. Josephine Baker. If Josephine's left titty ever popped out when she sat down on a couch. You know what I mean? Andy's typing away and he goes oh did I miss it (laughs) then Andy asks Kiki about uh the whopper on the boat moment do you always just keep a whopper on hand in case you get stressed out and Kiki says look there was a time where all I could have was a cold whopper that's all I could afford so I had the dropper driver stop off before we got there I don't know what to tell you and honestly they're like oh how could it be so cold but I mean it was like in the wrapping on that hot ass boat it was probably warm I mean I don't know if you want a burger that's like warmed by the Miami sun for several hours, but it was probably not cold. Then Andy asks the question that I've been curious about. Um, Julia, how can you claim to be so close to your daughters and yet not know the name of the school that they go to? How's that happen? The Julia's like, well, I can't repeat it because I have dyslexia, but she says that it's three letters and it is in Paris and that her daughter's about to graduate in a couple months. So 
that okay okay then Andy asked Julia about you know she and Martina's plans to adopt and Julia's like I mean basically obviously they had to put it on hold she says when you're in the adoption stages your focus has to be completely on the kid and obviously because of Martina's double diagnosis they can't do that right now it's all about Martina and then she says that they were like very close they, or rather they had gotten very far in the adoption process like waiting for the call far like they were really about to get one and you know everything had to go on the shelves and you know it was really emotional for you to talk about like you know I was complaining this season about how I didn't want to have dinners for two and now I would give anything to do that and you know Andy had to ask her like are you going to you know like once Martina feels better are you going to start doing the things that she wants to do like going to Aspen and she had to be like yeah I, I will like <laughs> thanks Andy <laughs> And then we get to the scene of the episode for me where Andy turns to Gertie and he asks her about uh, her sex life with Russell and how they have a three time a week schedule. Right. And she's like, oh, well, it's actually gone up now since we had our conversation. And he mentioned, you know, wanting it a little bit more. So then Andy asks, who are the ladies do you think is having the most sex outside of you? And Nicole's like, oh, you know, like Anthony and I probably do like three times a week. And, uh, Lisa whispers, well, I'm having a lot more sex now. Is that what he's talking about? And then Larsa goes, I was married for 23 years and I always had sex like four times a night. So like three times a week is nothing. And Andy's like, are you serious? And Curtis's like, no, 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 no. She just means that like she could. She didn't. And then Larsa goes, no, I had sex four times a night every night. I never had a day off for 23 years. And everybody's like oh what I did but girl how is that logistically even possible what are you talking about Larsa do you know what you're talking about so Andy's like okay you're telling me that you have had sex 28 times a week for 23 years and Larsa goes yeah I swear I swear to god swear to god and Gertie goes wait wait even on the road and Larsa says we never spent time away from each other. Like we had a private jet and you know, I traveled with the kids all the time. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. <sighs> you know, what? <laughs> I've seen a lot of like, like thoughts about this, about whether or not this, uh, goes into like territory of possible abuse on Scotty's side or whatever. I just don't know how... This is cap. Like, this is a lie. This can't possibly be true. Are we counting the years that they were estranged from each other? Are we counting the time where she was fucking future and then they got back together after that? Like, what is it really... You know, like, where are we stopping and starting is my question. I just don't... I don't ever believe anything Larsa says. And that's why she is the funniest person on the planet to me. Like, you guys have to just embrace Larsa as a completely different housewife. Like, what I can't compare her to anybody because she's really doing something a little different. I have no way to explain to you in uh, ways that make sense as to what it is that she's doing. But I think, like... She's deeply unserious. And so I'm going to take her as such. And I'm just going to cackle the whole way. Because she's so funny to me. 
28 times a week for 23 years. Not a single day off that Clarissa, Clarissa, come on. So at that point, Andy says, well, it sounds like Marcus Jordan has some big shoes to fill. And she goes, well, he's a size 15, so I think he's okay. So then Andy asks Larsa if she's spoken to Scotty about Marcus. And Larsa says, I don't really think we need to be talking about anything other than our kids. And our kids are old enough to have cell phones now. Like, it's not like they're toddlers. Fair enough, right? Like, I don't get involved in his personal life. And he doesn't get involved in mine as long as, you know, our kids are okay and stuff. So Andy asks, okay, well, does Scotty Jr.'s teammates, because he's playing for the Lakers now, do they make fun of him about this? And she says no. But I also feel like, is it a lie? No, because is Scotty Jr. going to tell her that? Probably not. You know what I mean? But I also feel like if you're going to be cracking jokes about Scotty Jr., I would just be blasting future in the in the, in the the room, you know? Where they work out. Not work out. Where they change. Or like on the... You know, I'd ask the the person to play it while we're like shooting hoops and practicing our free throws and things, you know, whatever whatever it is that basketball players do, you know, when they're not playing. That's when I would be playing future. I, I'd be rolling up in the parking lot, blasting it, and, and parking right next to Scotty. Like that's what I would be doing. But you know, it's also probably why I'm not a professional athlete, and that's the only reason. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, she also says that all of her kids have hung out with Marcus and that they really like him. And um, so then Andy asks, okay, do you really understand that how like unusual these dynamics are? And she's like, well, love is love. Girl, even I get it, you know? Like I was living in Illinois during this Jordan Pippen heyday, the three-peat, the whole thing. I, I get it. So for her to act, again, like, I just don't understand what world Larsa lives in to where this is like, she doesn't understand why people might find this information, like, titillating or whatever. So then Larsa kind of dispels all the rumors going around about her knowing Marcus as a baby or a toddler or whatever, um, when she was a full-ass adult. And she says that she only met Marcus a few years ago. She was with Scotty the last year that the Bulls were uh, playing. Or he, she was with Scotty his last year was playing for the Bulls, right? Michael was going through a divorce at that time, and she never met his wife or kids. There was really no overlap. Now, I do have to say that, like, in my mind, Marcus is younger and younger. <laughs> He's, like, being nursed in the, in the Bulls friends and family uh, lounge or whatever. But actually, they're only 14 years apart, which doesn't make it less creepy. Like, let's say she was 28, you know? during Pippin's last year, he would have been 14. Like, that's still fucking weird. But he wasn't a baby. (laughs) So then Andy asks, you know, trying to put into perspective again, would you think it was weird if Michael's first ex-wife dated Scotty Jr.? She's like, no, not if they were happy. Not at all. I wouldn't care. (laughs) Okay. So then Andy asks, okay, if you get married to Marcus, would you hyphenate your last name to Pippin Jordan or Jordan Pippin. And she says that she would change her last name if she got married again. But honestly, this might be a mistake. That would be iconic. That would be iconic. Like that is maybe on par with, you know, Black China posting um, her new emojis to announce that she's pregnant with the first Kardashian baby. Like that, that's petty. And I like that. 
That was a fun time. Sorry, guys. We need more mess like that. More mess. So then Andy switches to Larsa making claims about everybody and a viewer asking Larsa, like, it seems like you take an ounce of truth and then you run with it. But then another viewer offers a counterpoint of actually being a fan of Larsa, a larcenist, if you will. And she's like, you're the definition of don't start one, won't be none, right? But to me, Larsa's the definition of BFFR, like be fucking for real, because everything she says is just laughable and she says it with such a straight face it's incredible so andy asks ladies by a show of hands who thinks larsa hits below the belt and basically everybody who was not sitting on larsa's couch so nicole gertie julia adriana they all raise their hands right and gertie goes well she's not going to deny it she's petty pippin <laughs> and marisol says i feel like she's reactionary and i love watching her but then andy has to remind marisol um first season Season one, you and Larsa had something going on that was so, like, volatile that you had to ask production to take it off the show. Apparently, Larsa said something about Mama Elsa that was, like, so upsetting that, you know, Marisol had to intervene with production. But she's like, oh, you know, whatever, that's fine. We were both defending our families and we've moved past that. That was a hundred years ago. Then Andy asked Larsa, do you feel like you're a dirty fighter? And she goes, I'm not when I feel challenged and I'm a winner and I like to win. So I don't like to lose. So if you come to me and I feel like I should say something that hurts you the way you're hurting me, like I know what things about everybody. <laughs> Word, just words, just words. So then Andy asked a viewer question for Julia as to why is it that you denied kissing a man at first until Larsa said that she had a picture. And Julia's like, I love this question. I denied it because Larsa told me that she heard last week and I'm thinking that she heard that this happened last week, but she heard the rumor a week ago about something that happened like three or four months ago. Like we had the scene in May, but she was talking about a situation that happened in January, but she presented it as like, Oh, I just found out a week ago. Right. So then she goes on to say, and by the way, um, it was Naeem Khan. I'm wearing his dress right now. So, side note, I was thinking, oh, is he not married to a woman who was on Roni? And he was. Because she was friends with Carol Radswell. I think her first season, Carol's first season on Roni. They go down to Miami because, you know, Aviva had her dad, her, like, creepy pervy dad living in Miami as well. So they go to night. Uh, oh God, what is her name? Rajana. They go to Rajana's um, uh, apartment and it's like, you know, in the clouds, right? Just gorgeous views, you know, 50th floor, whatever. First of all, Ramona, horrible, says that this is like an up and coming neighborhood, right? Basically being like, oh, you know, this is a shitty, you got a nice apartment in a shitty neighborhood, right? And then... They do face yoga, right? And then they were like gonna go out uh swimming. But you remember Ramona was like deeply invested in in Aviva's leg in the beginning. <laughs> Just like could not take her eyes off of it. So she's like, Oh, Aviva can't go swimming because she didn't bring her swimming leg. You can't go swimming, you can't go in the pool, girl. N that's enough, girl. <laughs> Monster. Monster. So yeah, Rajana is Naeem Khan's wife. They've been married since like the eighties. Yeah funny so funny and now i'm wondering like does julia maybe know 
Carol because she said that Naeem was her best friend like as and has been for years. I want to know. And you know what? We, I'm going to say it. You really made a big mistake, like splitting up with the new Roni and the, and the reboot that's not going to happen anymore. Or no, well, the reboot's going to happen. The, the old, old, old guard, Roni old guard, whatever they were going to call it, Roni OG. And now that's getting scrapped because of Jill. And I just feel like that was a mistake. I think we like fumbled the ball. It's like they had really one bad season out of 13 and they were like, let's just restructure the whole thing. I don't think this was a good idea. Do you think the Bravo regrets it? Are any of you excited about the Roni reboot? Because I'm not so much. Because we're not going to get that old thing back, which is what I wanted. And I'm upset. Anyway, Andy asks Larsa if she feels vindicated that Lenny did finally admit that he has a mortgage on the house. <laughs> Larsa says, I actually really don't care. And then Andy asks Lisa, do you realize that it's not a bad thing to have a mortgage um everybody raise your hand if you have a mortgage <laughs> so lisa says i know i get it it's not about the mortgage it's just that i felt like larsa was weaponizing it against her to make it seem like we couldn't afford our lifestyle which i think is fair it came out very stupidly and we don't have a mortgage we don't have a mortgage how dare you but i do get it from that perspective because i do think that that's what larsa was trying to do to be like oh y'all don't have money like that you guys have to have parties you know, to, to make ends meet. So basically she says at the time she was still trying to uh, protect Lenny. She wasn't aware that he was leaving her at that point. So she thought, oh, maybe I should just not say anything because I don't know the legalities of him renting out these parties. So I just don't want to say too much at this point. Then Andy switched topics to asking Larsa a viewer question about how you know, maybe the kissing rumor was true. Maybe other things that you said were, you know, not necessarily true or untrue, but it seems like you use the web information to weaponize it against other people. That seems to be your main goal here. And Larsa is like, well, how is it weaponizing? And Adriana goes, well, you could have ex destroyed Julia's marriage to Martina. To which Larsa, who has been interrupting a lot, especially in part one, Tells her, shut up, Adriana, put a muzzle on it. <laughs> she really goes like right for the dog, like right for calling women dogs. She, she will do that. She will do that. And maybe that's because she's an owner of a, of a collar business or part-time owner, part-time investor into a dog collar company. I'm, I'm unsure. She's very busy though, as we find out in a minute. So Larsa says, I'm not weaponizing anything because if somebody is going to challenge me, I'm just going to humble them and bring them back to earth a little. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Larsa then claims that she's called everybody. Everybody that she's uh, said rumors about on camera, she called them first. Okay. That's what she's saying. Julia says, I never got the call. I called you once. Pull out my phone records. You can see. You didn't leave a message. Maybe you should have called me again. Maybe you should have tried that one again, girl. Nicole says, I never got a call from you either. And Andy goes, okay, Larsa, did you call Nicole to tell her what? That she slept with every doctor at the hospital? <laughs> Like, what was your gain here? What was the goal? So then Andy asks, okay, Larsa, do you randomly just believe every DM that comes your way, any rumor that people say? And Marisol goes, well, you know, after the show, I've been tagged in a lot of rumors about Nicole. Nicole, you've been tagged in these too about, you know, sleeping with, you know, not all, 
but many doctors, one of them being married while you were married, which was the rumor that Nicole specifically addressed. Yeah, I was separated from my husband and I slept with another doctor who was separated or divorced from his wife. Okay, what do you want me to do? We were in a real relationship. This wasn't like I was just fucking this doctor for shits and giggles behind my husband's back. So Nicole goes, where did you get these tagged rumors from? An account that Larsa created on Instagram? And Larsa goes, I've never faked a text. <laughs> Which is not, not what they said. I've never faked a text. I have real jobs, okay? Not like you, putting people to sleep. <laughs> Adriana goes, she's a doctor. And this is why I say the bitch is deeply unserious. Like, how am I not supposed to do anything but to just, like throw my head back and laugh at the concept that Larsa, I have a jewelry company and I sell feet pics on OnlyFans, is somehow more employed and has a more important job than an anesthesiologist. (laughs) Are you putting people to sleep? Okay. So Nicole's like, Larsa, you're ridiculous. Do you hear how ridiculous it is for you to say, I swear to God, you slept with every doctor at the hospital. I swear to God. And Larsa goes, I heard. I heard. I said I heard. I said I heard that. Andy starts getting frustrated. You guys are all talking at the same fucking time and like getting them to shut up. And Maricel goes, well, the point is that Larsa wasn't judging you. (laughs) These people are so funny. So Andy says to Larsa, don't you think that's kind of a low blow? I mean, she's an anesthesiologist and, you know, she goes, Larsa, Larsa, again, who sells sexy pictures on OnlyFans for money. She yells, well, Nicole shows her tits and ass and she does say that she, she said that she gave a blow job and that her, her neck went out because she gave a blow job. And Nicole goes, yeah, I'm talking about Anthony, my husband. When have her tits and ass been out? What are we talking about? on the beach where she's wearing a a, like what is the (laughs) you think you guys think it's perfectly okay to be like she busted it down for everybody at the damn hospital but it's not okay for her to what like show the top of a titty in a dress this is Miami girl like she's not a nun she's a doctor dumbass Alexia had to be like Nicole I'm gonna have to agree with Larsa sorry sorry she's right about that (laughs) What are the rules? This is what I mean. Like, what are the rules according to Alexia, Marisol, and Larsa? Because so far I'm hearing you can say what is acceptable is to spread a rumor that you heard via DM about her, uh, Nicole, busting it open for every doctor in her hospital, possibly even at the hospital. But it's not okay for her to talk about a consensual sex act with her partner, basically husband. It's not okay for her to, what, wear a a tight dress as a doctor? Like, what are the rules here? And you agree with Larsa on what? On what? What job does Larsa have? She put her name on a jewelry line. She sells picks from her couch to the OnlyFans. She is invested in a dog collar company. What are you talking about? 
these are all women who have not really ever had to have real jobs. And so like everything is, you know, on the same playing field because they think, oh, Nicole's just like, ah, oh, she really hasn't had to work for much. And so therefore like what she does is not really as important because I, girl, what is going on? So Andy turns to Larson and says, do you, really not see why Nicole would be annoyed by that. And Larissa goes, well, I've been annoyed that she judged me the whole time. And Andy says, what? For asking to know you before you came to her house? And Larissa goes, no, she called me a homewrecker. We see the clip where Nicole and Anthony are having dinner or something. It's from this season where Anthony says, oh, we're about to go on the boat. Maybe keep Larissa away from the boat captain because he just got engaged. He's a nice kid. I don't want her wrecking anybody else's home. I'm not saying she's a homewrecker, but you know, right? Nicole's not saying anything. She's kind of laughing, whatever. So Andy says, but did you see that? Yeah, I did. And Andy goes, no, you couldn't have seen that because it hadn't aired yet. And Larissa goes, well, I heard. I heard they were talking mad shit about me. And then (laughs) she goes, which married man have I slept with, Nicole? And Nicole says, well, Malik Beasley. That's not true. I swear it's not true. Cut to the Daily Mail headline. This is public information. He's not, he was not married. Daily Mail headline says, uh, Larsa Pippen's mystery man revealed to be married NBA star Malik Beasley, 24, who was blindsided, whose wife was blindsided by the PDA packed pictures of the father of one with Scottie Pippen's ex, 46. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So there you go. It's public information. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's on the cover of DailyMail.com that he's married. That is true. We didn't have to scroll all the way down for that. It was right at the top of the page. Thank you. So Larsa goes to Nicole, you've fluffed every guy to move up. You're the homewrecker. And Nicole says, that's not what a homewrecker is. Larsa says, whatever, you fluffed every guy to move up. So Andy's just trying to find a port in the storm at this point. And he looks over at Julia and goes, um, what are your thoughts on all, any of this, please? And then he just sits back in his chair like, I can't take it anymore. So Julia says, Marisol, I'm going to put a spin on the game that you put out, right? Who do you trust the least? And I'm going to answer who I trust the most. And to all of your surprise, I trust Nicole the most. You guys see her looking so beautiful in this dress. I've seen her in the hospital with scrubs when she was holding my hand while Nicole was Martina's anesthesiologist for her surgery. 
Martina put her life in her hands. So questioning her professionally. And Larsa goes, well, I wasn't doing that. But then Julie has to explain, but what you said, like there are implications. And Nicole says, for you to say that I was doing these things at the hospital is another issue. But Larsa's like, well, it's the same thing as Anthony saying that I can't be on the boat. So like, I don't know what to tell you. Technically, he did not say that, but I mean, he did say something. But again, she would not have even known that he said that at that point when she brought out the rumor about the hospital. So, you know, whatever. So then Andy asked Nicole, what is Anthony's beef with Larsa? And Nicole's like, oh, well, it was about our kid. So flashback to Larsa saying, well, I don't judge you for having a child out of wedlock. Like, why would you even say shit like that? You know? So Larsa keeps yelling, are you dumb? Are you dumb? Like, your child is out of wedlock. I was using the correct terminology or something. And Andy has to go, it's an asshole thing to say. And she's like, well, I'm just saying I I didn't judge her for it. Okay. At that point, Andy brings up the uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. You're disinvited to my uh, engagement ball. Larsa, fuck you. Nicole, disinvitation, right? So... I love that the issue for Marisol and Alexia was that Nicole could not have possibly been clever enough to come up with that. Even though Nicole said that she and her makeup artists were the ones that came up with it, which begs the question of how many people would it take to come up with a clever joke, right? Marisol's such a hater. You know, I'm the most clever one here and even I'm not that clever. You're not clever at all. You're not clever at all. Your cleverness has been relegated to what? You um, having rhinestone Starbucks cups that say cockies on the outside? Okay. And then saying that you're doing this for... Fe- I, honestly, the other night I was thinking, Marisol really said that all this drinking that she's been doing in the confessionals was a result of her advertising for a future business. That really, really cracked me up. If Marisol were that clever, she would have uh, worn a different dress to this reunion other than this, like, Laura Bush for Macy's winter line that she's wearing. But okay. In the end, Larsa is asked by Andy, do you regret anything? And she says, well, I shouldn't have made the comment about judging Nicole because she's trying to present herself as somebody that she isn't. (laughs) That's your regret okay okay because she wants to be somebody who i don't think she actually is so i do regret saying that okay so then they cut for break larsa goes back into her room and asks marcus if she's a psycho and how like you know i just have to keep going and going against that chihuahua nicole and how nicole and anthony must be so bored in their relationship i think they're using me to get off like i'm the one that makes them get off apparently (laughs) in Larsa's brain is the Candyland board, you know? And we're just like moving past the little chocolate sludge and just like down just the winding road of just like bright colors and, you know, people in like cat and candy hair and things like that. And this is where she finds her logic. Just like in a child's board game. <laughs> just just round and round. No sense being made here. There's a lot of wild characters. That's what Lars's brain is, I think. When they get back from break, Andy asks Kiki how her vagina shocker is doing. And she says, well, I think it must still be closed because I'm single. And basically Miami, like she goes on a lot of dates, but Miami's filled with uh, Lenny's. And she's not interested. Not in their head shape or anything. 
Speaking of the head shape, Andy does ask about her talent for um, gauging the behaviors of people based on their head and asks for a consultation. And she goes, you know what? You're very wild. I think you're very wild. I'm serious. And he goes, yeah, you're right. You're right. And from what I've heard, that is true. Anyway, um, Andy, we end this by Andy asking the ladies if they felt like there was anything off with Lisa and Lenny's marriage. And Gertie talks about talks about an event that we did not see, um, but we see a flashback to. So it seems like Lisa had an event or sh- event she was going to be speaking at. She and Gertie were behind this like VIP squared off section and Lenny was at the club, but Lisa keeps asking him, come in here. Do you want a slider? Come in here. Like, hang out with us, hang out with me. And he kept being like, no, no, no. Like I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Right. Like couldn't really even be bothered to even just go in the VIP section, even though he was already there. So everybody kind of whispers in their own version of like, Lenny's weird. Lenny's kind of like a weird guy. And then Lisa says, yeah, he's always been kind of like socially inept or, or like off a little bit. So then Andy asks Lisa to respond to her not seeing the signs of this breakup, right? And Lisa says, listen, it was really peculiar that he wanted to get in shape all of a sudden because the entirety of our 15-year relationship, I had been trying to get him to do that. And then she says, the thing that I had thought earlier this season, Lenny must be taking something. She says that he started taking testosterone, which would really explain like the mood swings, snapping at people, all of this, right? So then Andy asks her, like, what was your sex life with Lenny? Like, what was it like? She says, well, you know, listen, we were together for 15 years and I would aim for like once a week, once every other week, something like that. And then in the last two months, it basically just dwindled down to nothing. So she's saying that they had sex like, Maybe twice, two to three times a month? Oi. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know, like, I don't know. Andy seemed pretty impressed by the three times a week out of Nicole and Anthony. And I don't really know what the expectation is. Because I feel like there was, this was, like, a much bigger conversation that happened in the 90s. Like, how much sex are you supposed to have with your partner? Well, twice a month seems bad. <laughs> seems real bad. But, like, no shade to anybody who's in that situation. Why'd I say it like that? (laughs) Why do you mean it like that? No shade if that's, like, the frequency of sex that you have. Like, if you guys are happy and that's the amount of sex that you're happy with, then, you know, whatever works for you, whatever works for you. Obviously, it wasn't working for Lisa and Lenny. That's all I'm saying. Part two ends with Kiki saying, hey, um, I've been to these parties at the house and I wasn't really friends with Lisa. I was being invited through, you know, my friends in the modeling world. And I know a lot of models that Lenny has cheated on you with over the years. So dun, dun, dun. What is it? Is it really? I mean, is that like a, a bomb drop? No, no. We all knew this, right? Like on some level we had to assume that this was true. Um, with that being said, you know, part two could sometimes be a little bit of a, of a flop in terms of uh, reunions, but this was great. This was really, really good. So, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I guess we'll be back with uh, 
Jersey Summer House and Vanderpump Rules. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Bye.